Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. Well guys, today we're going to talk about shelter, food, and water. Yes, but technically it should be the other way around. Water, food, shelter. Yes, so life revolves around water, okay? So no matter what you're going to do, no matter where you're going to live, no matter what you're going to grow, you need water. So if you're thinking about buying a piece of property, um, to build a shelter, right? A shelter can be anything. It can be a, a shack. It can be a masking container. It can be a home. It can be a cabin. It can be a yurt. A lot of those yurts. In fact, here on the island, um, on one side of the island, there is actually quite a bit of yurts. They're the round um, style temporary um, homes, I guess you call it. It's kind of got like a um, vinyl um material for the walls and the and the ceiling but it's around um they're they're pretty popular in oregon as well um but that is also a another form of a shelter right so a shelter what is a shelter as long as it keeps you dry and it's got a roof over your head that's a shelter living in your car could be a shelter right living in your van could be a shelter as long as you have a place to lay your head stay dry and have a roof over it over your head you're good to go okay so my definition of a home or shelter is definitely going to be different than you, right? But the core is staying dry and having a roof over your head, right? So think about it in those terms. Now, before we move forward, I want to make sure, you know, everyone is very aware of this. Do not ever try to keep up or compare yourself or your living situation to anyone else. The reason for that is because you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. You're going to set yourself up for failure. Okay. You're going to be very unhappy. So never compare yourself and never compare the way you're going to live to anyone else. Okay. There is no right and wrong way to live your life. Okay. Regardless, if you look at your neighbor and they look at you in a different way, it does not matter. As long as you're happy and you can survive, that is all that matters in the end, guys. Okay. So don't try to keep up with your neighbors or any anybody else you see, okay? Is it nice to have nice things? Sure. But do you need nice things? No, right? Especially when you're, you know, starting out from fresh or you don't have a whole lot of money. You don't have a whole lot of, you know, your budget isn't so big. You have to make do. I had to make do to get to where I'm at now. You know, it, just, it didn't just happen overnight. So everyone has to start somewhere, Right? And usually everyone is on a budget when you start off somewhere, you know, especially if you're going to look for, you know, a shelter alone. The shelter alone is going to cost you some type of money. Okay. Unless somebody is giving something to you for free as a gift, you, it's going to take some type of monetary value um, in a form of usually, uh, you know, money or in some cases a trade. You could trade somebody for something, you know, so that's another way to kind of barter. So shelter. But it doesn't make sense to have a shelter unless you have a piece of land, right? Because unless you're going to be a nomad and you're going to be traveling around the United States and basically doing the whole travel RV thing, that's completely separate. That's completely something different, right? You're basically on the go. You're traveling a lot. That's different. But as far as you settling down, finding a place where you can build a shelter or um, install a shelter... Um, you need a piece of land, right? Now, finding a piece of land in the main, the U.S. mainland is actually not so bad. There's a lot of land everywhere. 
some places cheaper, some places a lot more expensive. So it depends on your preference as far as where this piece of land is going to be for you to set your life up to, you know, either live on the grid or off the grid, really. It doesn't matter either scenario. But the one major thing is water. You have to have water. Okay. If you do not have water on your property and you have to truck water in, you have to be very aware of that because trucking water in, you know, weekly or monthly or whatever it is, is a uh, process. It's not as straightforward as you may think. Water is heavy. Water is hard to move around, right? Because it's just a lot of volume and a lot of weight. So you have to think about those things. I'll give you an example. Where I live, um, we're, we're lucky enough that we have water on our property because it's a ranch. So we have water troughs and all that kind of stuff. So basically for like my home, it's tied off the main line and I have running water. No problem. But there is homes that are um, on the other side, kind of where I live, but um, down the road, I should say, that does not have that option. Okay. And there is no running water whatsoever. So what does that mean? That means that they have, um, they have to truck in water. So a lot of the guys that live on the other side that doesn't have running water, you will see in the back of their truck an IBC toke or IBC tank, okay? International bulk container. And that's what m most guys on this island, regardless if they're right down the road or anywhere else on this island, that's actually how they transport water in and out. So there is places in town that you can fill water up for free, okay? So a lot of these guys, they have one or two tanks. Usually they'll have like one tank set up at their house, plumbed in, and then they have one tank that they throw in the back of their truck. That way they can go to town, fill that tank up with water, and then transport it back to their property and transfer it into the other tank that's already still plumbed in, right? And then they transfer it, and then now they have another, the, the tank is empty, and they can go back and get more water when they need. But there's a lot of moving parts to that. Water is, like I said, very heavy. So an IBC tank in the back of a 1500 truck, like a um, half ton truck, or I'm sorry, a quarter ton truck, um, is a lot of weight, right? A lot of weight. Um, even on a half ton truck, a uh, IBC tank full of water is very heavy. Okay, so that means now you're spending gas, you're putting wear and tear on your vehicle, right? The, you know, oil, the, just the wear and tear in general because of the weight. And then not only that, your brakes, your tires. So you have to think about these things. There's a lot of moving parts. When you first start off, you might not seem so bad, but if you have to go and get water every other day or every week, add that up of how many times a year you're going to be going back and forth transporting water. That's quite a bit, right? And it's not like you're moving pillows. You're moving water, which is very heavy. So think about it, guys. If you can find a piece of property that has running water on it already in any way, it can be, um, you know, rivers, it can be a spring, it can be even county water or state water in your area. If there's water available, it is in your best interest to try to tap into that water source. That way you do not have to transport water to your property, okay? Because if you transport water to your property, for every drop of water that you use anywhere, 
you're taking it out of your reserve, right? That reserve is what you rely on to, you know, brush your teeth, take a shower, flush the toilet, whatever. Drink, you know, whatever it is. You're essentially, as soon as you start pulling water out of that tank, you're going to have to go and refill it, right? So ideally try to find a piece of property that has water. Water is life. Without water, we do not survive, okay? Well, I mean, it's debatable about the sun and all that. Sure, sure. But water, you have to have water to survive. Not only that, if you want to grow plants or vegetables, right, for food, you're going to you're gonna need some water, you know? Unless you live or you found a piece of property in a very wet or a more rainy area, then that's not so bad because the water is, you know, being um, deposited naturally in that environment. So it's not so bad. And also if it's a rainy area, and you don't technically have any water on the property, you could do a catchment system. So on one side of the island, there is a ton of, I mean, we're talking probably thousands of people, okay, guys, thousands of people that have catchment tanks on this one side of the island because it's essentially a rainforest on one side of our island, okay? It's a natural rain, rainforest. And on that side of the island, it rains almost pretty much daily, you know, if not maybe every other day. And on average, their water tanks are about a thousand gallons. They give or take, there's some bigger ones, some smaller ones, but on on average, it's about a thousand gallon um, tank. It can go up to ten thousand, right? Some guys have some really big water tanks. And the rain collection system is the roof, right? So all the water, you know, when it rains, it hits the roof, goes down the gutters, and they pipe it into their catchment tank. Okay, and that's how they're able to live where there is no water on the property. And no running water available. So there is options, but you have to make sure that the piece of property that you're deciding to live on, you have to know the pros and cons about that property before you even decide to purchase or buy or trade or even set your life up there. Water is key to life. So think about it in those terms. If it's a rainy area, not so bad. Get you some catchment tanks or some IBC tanks and you can stack them up. Then you have a way to store that water. But if it's a dry area and it doesn't rain so often, then that means you're trucking water in, which is no fun. Let me tell you, it takes time. It is no fun. So be very cautious on the piece of land or property that you're thinking about acquiring. Okay. Sometimes pieces of property are very, very cheap for a reason, right? You can still get a good piece of property for a decent price, especially in the mainland, USA. Um, but, you know, you have to make sure you know what is going on on that property. Okay. For me, if it was a dry area and didn't rain as much or at all, um, and there was no running water on the property at all, um, I w my personal opinion, I would stay away from that piece of property. Because now that, re that means that no matter what, if I want to live there, do anything there, I have to truck water in, which is a pain. It is just time consuming and it is a pain to deal with. So, you know, take it as you will, guys, um, but be cautious of what you're doing and where you're going to live. Okay. Think about it like that. Um, in the Philippines, I'll give you an example. In the Philippines, it's, you know, it's tropical, most of, most of the islands, and it rains a lot. So a lot of them don't have running water, but they have rain catchment systems, right? So they use their roofs. It goes into barrels or whatever, and that's how they have water. A lot of third world countries are like that as well. But in the drier climates or desert areas, 
that's not an option. There's just not enough rainfall to justify a catchment system. So then now you're trucking water in again. So think about it in those terms. Now, food, right? Food, food, food. So we all have to eat. We all have to drink. We all have to eat to survive. Eat and drink, survive. So as long as you got the water thing squared away, now you can think about growing your own food and raising your own animals, right? So even if you have a very small piece of property, you can grow a garden as long as you have the water available to water your garden, right? So now you have tons of vegetables. Whatever you want to plant, you can plant. You can also plant fruit trees, right? So besides vegetables, you have fruits, you know? And you can, depending on how much land you may have or may not have, will determine what you can put on that land. Most times, most people will have just enough room to have a garden or um, a garden and some fruit trees or whatever. And that's perfectly fine. And if you have the available space, then you can raise some animals. Okay? You can ra- it depends on what you like. But you can raise even, you know, cattle. We raise cattle. Um, we have many, many cattle. We have hundreds and hundreds of sheep here on our property. You know, we consume them as food and we also sell them because we have a bigger piece of property. So we can easily grow or raise a lot more um, um, head of cattle or sheep in general. Right? So we have two benefits on that side of things. But if you have a smaller piece of property, you could easily raise one or two animals, either sheep or, you know, chickens or, uh, you know, a steer, uh, you know, a, ca- a piece of cattle um, to either, you know, you could always barter or trade. But if you have a really small piece of property, just raise, you know, chickens or like a sheep or two or just one head of cattle and you can rotate them out like just one. That way, when it's time to slaughter, the amount of meat that you can get from one head of cattle is a ton. It is a lot of meat, guys. Lots of hamburger, lots of steaks, lots of stew meat, lots of everything. You'd be surprised how much meat value comes out of just one head of cattle. It is enormous. It's a lot. It's enough to hold you and your family over as far as your meat needs for a long time, guys, okay, for a long time, so you, you will normally need more than one deep freeze, if you're going to freeze the meat, obviously, to save, you're going to need more than one deep freezer, unless you have a really big deep freeze to, to store it all, most times you'll need probably two deep freezes um, to store it all, or maybe even three, okay, so it just depends on the size of the head of the cattle that you're going to slaughter, and then the size of the deep freeze that you're going to put your food in, right? Because there's different sizes for cattle and also different sizes for deep freezers. So you want to take that into effect, right? So by killing or slaughtering one head of cattle, you're pretty much setting yourself up for a really long time of having tons of meat available to you on demand. Tons of hamburger. Imagine all the meals you can you can make, right? Tons of stuff. Tons. You know? So if you got some vegetables and some stuff outside in the garden, you can easily put a meal together and survive just fine, right? But, you know, if you do have that extra land available to you, try to raise animals in stages or in, yeah, in stages, I should say. Because let's say you slaughter your your your, your one head of cattle today. Well, that means that once you eat all that meat up, it's going to take you a while. Don't get me wrong. It's going to take you a long time to eat it all up. But when you do... That's it. You don't have any more meat. So you want to try to raise and slaughter cattle on a um, like a timely basis. So that way when it comes time to slaughter one, 
you have the meat available, then by the time you consume most of that meat, you already have a next one ready to be slaughtered. So you can keep that cycle of life essentially rolling, right? You don't need to have 100 head of cattle. You can do it with one or two or three or four or five, depends on how much land you have available to you. Now, if you don't have that much land, you can do it with sheep or other types of animals for the meat value, right? So here's just a couple of ideas on the, the main basics to surviving, you know, especially more off the grid, you know, so you want to make sure that you have shelter, you want to stay dry, you want to have a roof over your head. That doesn't mean that you have to have electricity. I know people that live without electricity, guys, to this day, okay, they, they use solar lights, like little solar lights or like lanterns or candles. They don't need a whole lot. They live a very simple, basic life and they're happy that way. And that's perfectly fine, right? So have a shelter to stay dry, keep a roof over your head, right? Have maybe a piece of property, a piece of land someplace, and make sure you have water. If you have water and you have a piece of land, you can easily grow some food, raise some animals, and survive. And just, you'll be fine, you know? And if you do side jobs for monetary value, for money, that can that only benefits you and helps your homestead or your property or your family out in, in, in a bigger picture, right? But if you're just trying to go back to the basics, those are the basics. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, think about it, guys. You know, you, if you're going to start somewhere, you're going to be starting at the bottom and that's okay. But remember, never compare yourself. Never try to keep up with your neighbors or other people you know. Do not do that. Do what's going to make you happy and it's going to make you be able to survive comfortably. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters in the world as long as you can survive and your family can survive. So remember that. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. See you guys on the next one.